I'm just seeing, like to our point before that, who these women become as they bet on themselves. It's about betting on yourself. I don't care if you want to build a business or you want to write a book or you want to lose weight or you want to start dating or whatever that thing is. It's your, your doorway to freedom is taking a leap into the unknown. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello. My guest today is Michelle Oliver. She's a serial entrepreneur and divorced mother of two children who she homeschooled. And she not only homeschooled her children, but she was also instrumental in two Waldorf charter school initiatives. She started and grew two preschools, led numerous homeschooling collaboratives, and started and ran several small businesses during that time. She's an example of resourcefulness and resilience. She lost a business, which led her to start helping other business owners with their marketing. And then she ended up building a marketing agency. But she started to see that what her clients really needed was coaching around the entrepreneurial mindset. And what really surprised her was that she loved working with women. You see, for most of her life, she'd been more comfortable around men. Now, I get it. I felt that way for a long time also. I avoided groups of women, and I bought into the idea that there was a mean competitiveness among women based on my high school experiences. I'm, I'm not proud of it. It's just how I felt. In this conversation, we talk a lot about her mission to help women in midlife funnel their energy, passion, wisdom, skill, and talents into building a business. And I, I can't wait for you to meet Michelle. But first, I want to officially invite you to Midlife Uprising. It is a free online event that I'm hosting from May 11th to May 13th for women who are ready to make waves instead of fading away as they age. And I think that's you. I'm bringing together more than 30 speakers to offer strategies, tips, and advice to help you get past feeling stuck, if that's where you are, so that you can then step into your next chapter with purpose and excitement. And there are going to be opportunities to connect with other attendees and the speakers in the community as part of the event. So for now, all you need to do is save the dates. Again, that's May 11th to May 13th. And in just a few short days, you will be able to register to attend at midlifeuprising.com. If you go there today, all you'll see is a coming soon message. But it is coming soon, my friend. Soon and very soon. Watch my Instagram feed and sign up for my email list if you want to know as soon as registration opens up. I'm so excited. Okie dokie. Without further ado, here's Michelle Oliver. Let's go. Hey, Michelle, thank you so much for being with me. Hey, Yvonne. It is such a pleasure and a privilege. I love speaking with you, and I'm really honored to be here. We've been doing a lot of speaking lately, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. We're really good at it. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. We're we just are so valuable. We learn so much. Yeah, not only about each other, but about ourselves. And yeah, so I really, really appreciate this opportunity. I'm so glad you're here. And I always like to say how I met people. I we met in Clubhouse talking. <laughs> Again, <Yes. laughs> that's what we like to do, I guess. Um, so it's just awesome to have you here. And I, I'm so excited about what you're doing. And I know that it's been a road for you to get to where you are with the new, with the new path that you're on. So I'm going to let you kind of roll us into your story and what brought you to the coaching work that you're doing with women right now around launching businesses in, their, in midlife. Okay, that's a great question. And 
really it's it's not so much about launching businesses it could be and it often is because i i think building a business is is a tremendous opportunity for any woman but it really is about like i i've been doing this workshop that's selling out a lot so i guess this is where the need is it's about the idea of revising and revisioning your life so often that could be someone that wants to grow their business they could be scaling a business so they could be wondering if taking that entrepreneurial leap is really the most important thing if that's what's right so it, it's really about growth and being aware of what that next step is for you as a woman um and Ironically, it's not, it's a place that I've avoided. It's a demographic I've avoided basically my entire life. Yeah, I really never wanted to work exclusively with women. I didn't like um, relationships with women. I, I found it very restrictive and frustrating and superficial and annoying. And I just have very... Um, few close friendships. And so I, I just didn't like the dynamic of working with women. I've, I found them like frustrating, right? So when I came to this, it was a surprise to me. And I think this often happens with, definitely with the women that I work with, It you can wind up in a place where you become aware of what your entire life has, like you said, there was a road that took you, that brought you to this arrival, right? And so when you look back, it all makes sense. But when you show up there, you're like, oh my gosh. And and this is what I was made for. And you have that realization, it's quite remarkable. So it came out of, I had, well, I don't wanna go all the way back, but I had lost a business, which I can tell you about. And from that, I started just helping friends of mine that owned restaurants do their marketing. And, and I poured myself into uh, basically like five years of deep training on, well, it didn't take me five years, basically a year of digital marketing, how to really take what I knew about marketing, because I'd done all the marketing for all of my businesses all my life. Um, but I really dove deeply into digital so that when I hired people, I would know what they were doing. And I wasn't going to compromise because there's a lot of stuff out there that's not quality. Mm -hmm. So I learned about SEO and website building and Facebook ads and PPC and all that stuff. And then I hired people and then I built an agency. And as I was selling these done for you services to small businesses, uh, what I wound up doing is consulting and coaching the owners, right? And I wound up working with a lot of franchises, people who they buy a business, they want to be a, a business owner, they turn the key, and they think that that's the magic bullet and the business is going to run and that they don't have to market but they often are missing the entrepreneurial mindset of how to really grow a business organically and strategically. They, they lean too much into corporate, right? So they've got that franchise model and they're thinking that's going to take care of itself. It's all yep. pre-built. I don't have to do anything. It's plug and play. Is that kind of exactly. the mindset that goes in? Exactly. And they don't understand it. it what I, what I learned was, the greatest value I could bring them was coaching and consulting. So strategically how to build your business organically with organic grassroots, local social media marketing and everything else digital and community. I mean, every it, it's all, it's all about relationship building and community and, and communicating. And there's a lot that goes into it, but but so how did exactly. you end up going like how did how did it pivot into the women in particular so you you found these franchise yeah. owners that you were helping did they just happen to be women and you started to see something yeah it wasn't only franchise owners i was prospecting and selling right 
And I wound up working with quite a number of med spas, hair salons, um, women's boutiques, a lot of small business owners. Actually, the franchises were mostly men owned, ironically. So I didn't wind up moving in that direction, but I realized how much, I just really understood how much knowledge I had. And that's what allowed me to understand. I'm really consulting and coaching these people. And then most of my clients were women and I loved working with them because what I realized was, oh my goodness, these businesses that the women are building. And it could be, it went from everywhere from like a woman who has a one location brick and mortar of some sort, or she's a service provider or whatever. And she's just trying to launch that to a woman who's married to a very wealthy doctor. And he just said, here's a med spa for you. Why don't you play with this? Okay. Hmm. So it's a pretty big spectrum of yeah. mentality, right? Yeah. And but what I realized is regardless of which indie they were on that spectrum, the business was just the facade. It was just the carrot. It was just what they thought they wanted, but what they really wanted was to become a bigger, better, more expansive version of who they are. Mm. Like that's really what happens in life. We think that we're, we're doing the, going after this goal. It's like a fitness goal. You think you just want to fit in those damn jeans, right? But the truth is who you become on your journey to accomplishing that goal is the true value. It's everything. I, it's everything. Yeah. It is. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited you said that because that's just been, and, and that's purely uh, selfish because that's the way I'm looking at the journey I'm on right now is that it's not about where I end up. It's about who I become while I'm doing what I'm doing and who I might become along the way is so exciting you know who you might become along the way is so exciting every cliche the joy is in the journey whatever it's all true every, there's every a reason cliche. it's a cliche yeah exactly yeah. and and we look at that and and ironically in our brain we shut that out almost automatically when we hear a cliche we're like oh well that means nothing when in truth it means everything it might be worthy of investigation if for decades people have been saying the joy is in the journey you know but then we try to put the joy in the journey instead of taking the journey and then by default we experience the joy right mm. <laughs> so it's like <clears throat> you can't fix it from outside in so anyway, that's how I got there. I, I just was like, okay, first of all, I didn't, I hated trying to scale an agency. I absolutely hated it. I saw the value, obviously. I mean, I, I saw the impact I was making with um, people with their businesses, especially during the pandemic when they were thinking they were going to close. I mean, there were a number of of uh, my clients who thought they were going to lose their businesses. Some of them did. And several of them through marketing because they trusted me. And <clears throat> instead of contracting, which is not the response that is that works <laughs> when there's a crisis, you should not like pull back. You need to go out more, spend more, put invest more in your marketing, be bigger, and that's what will save you. And, and I, I mean, I've seen this again and again and again. It just, it just is the truth. <laughs> it works. So I saw the value, but, but the real, I didn't want to scale. It was just, it's just an awful business to try to scale. So I wound up um, not selling like the business as a whole, but selling off my clients to other people and who could handle that done for you digital marketing. And then I just focused on what I really was loving and what I was spending all my time doing and not getting really reimbursed for, because I would just get, I'd see like, oh my gosh, what you really need is this 
overhaul of strategy and mindset and coaching. And so now, yeah, I've built out programs and yeah, hybrid programs that are truly signature transformational programs for so interesting. Women. What, so, so the, you realized all of a sudden that working with women was, was filling your cup. What do you think was, was there an aha moment? that where that hits you and is that I mean, something you I can identify that, yeah absolutely i think that it's really it's like for all of us we gain the ability to do what we need to do when we quit being selfish and self-conscious mm -hmm. so when I was the, the viewfinder that I was looking at women from was pain. Like I would, you know, we all have this women, you walk into a room and immediately, you know, who hates you, who's going to undermine you, who you're competing with, who your best friend is going to be, you know, I mean, you, we have this intuitive sense and it was just always so it was just like, I can't get to where I'm going because all these women are, are doing this, right? Like these are the relationships. Like it's just too damn hard. Let me just be around the guys. It's so obvious. Then I can just handle that. Like I know already the problems there and women are just so smart and crafty and annoying. So <laughs> that, that view, that I don't, I am, I'm laughing because I, I it is, a, it is, a, it's like holding know. up a mirror to myself. I avoided, um, you know, I was just talking in, in clubhouse again today um, in a group of women a, a midlife women talking about how women, you know, and I'm, we're seeing a shift, I think, in women starting to support each other. But mm -hmm. it wasn't always there. And that, you know, in in high school, that, you know, I moved to a new school and ended up hanging out with a, a large, you know, pretty good sized group of, of girls. And whenever one of us wasn't there, there was a lot of chitty chatty chit chat about the person that wasn't there gossipy kind of mean girl stuff and i was like wow i i can't do this and and the decision i made for myself at that point was that groups of women are to be avoided at all costs <laughs> and i would make friends with singular singular friendships one-on-one -on -one with people but when it would get into group situations that was it and it was always more comfortable making making friends with men or yeah. hanging out in a group of men, the dynamic was so different. Um, but I do, th I do, I'm hopeful that that's shifting or is it because we're getting older? Is it because, is that part of our journey of, of aging? Do you start to see the value differently, you know, or the possibilities differently? And so when you started to see different possibilities in women, did that, sh is that what shifted it for you? Well, again, so two things, um, what shifted it for me was my perspective, right? Yeah. Which was instead of looking for what, a, what do I need? Mm -hmm. What do I want? If I'm going into a situation and I'm looking at, oh, I'm in this situation and I want something that's the perspective shift that we all come to. So for me, I'm, I'm already in like, they're my clients. And then all I'm thinking from a, a space of serving mm. and what I came to the realization was I have a lot to give and I have a lot to give these women because I am a woman because of what I have been through. So I don't, I, to be honest, like I'm really sensitive about language because it, how it defines my perspective and my perception. So I don't even think of in terms of aging, I just think in terms of awareness. And I do think that we grow. I mean, the idea is to grow and expand and like, have, you know, be bigger, better versions of, of what's possible. So as I open myself to the possibility of how I can better serve them professionally, I become aware of my own value. 
And my value comes from the shared experiences that I've had with these women and the differentiators that I've had that I can bring in a new perspective for them. So, so in this dance of serving them, oh, it's just, you know, it opens your heart, it opens your mind. And then because you're being the vessel for, for service, that's what we're here for. And, and you become aligned and then you glance over your shoulder and say, oh, no wonder I went through all that shit because that allows me to serve this human that I'm in front of, whether it's a man or a woman, but you know, women, we have these shared experiences and I see that and I'm not saying building a business is for everyone. I'm just seeing like to our point before that who these women become as they bet on themselves. It's about betting on yourself. I don't care if you want to build a business or you want to write a book or you want to lose weight or you want to start dating or whatever that thing is. It's your, your doorway to freedom is taking a leap into the unknown. So, yeah. So Amen. I love that. I love it. I mean, they still sometimes I just saw in this call saying, this is annoying the hack out of me. Would you stop? What, when will they stop thinking like this? You know, but that, but I can serve. That's how I help them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think you just find your way into like, oh, you're supposed to be doing this. Duh. You know? Yeah. So, so I just want to get granular here for a second, because you said, when will they stop thinking like this? Mm-hmm. What is it that presses your button there? What's that thing that you see women doing that is driving you crazy? Well, again, it doesn't, <clears throat> um, if, if it drove me crazy and I couldn't help them out of it, it would be one thing, but it's just that I know the way out and I want them to say yes yeah. to the answer. To but, saying yes to themselves. <clears throat> is it is it that you see them playing small? Is that what's driving you crazy? So what it is, is the this is a human nature, right? We, we have a story and this is why I do this revision thing because we are so attached to our self-concept and identity of who we are were or even who we are in this present moment in order to i think we were talking about this yesterday but in order to look you're a butterfly right so you are a butterfly and that means you have to quit being a caterpillar like that means you have to let go of the cocoon you can't why do you have wings <laughs> if you're still looking at the cocoon? Like if you're a beautiful bird, you have to let go of the egg. So you have to let go of the story in your head that thinks that you aren't a butterfly because you are. And it drives me crazy that, I mean, you see women build businesses and write books and everything. I'm not saying that you can't share your story. That's very powerful, obviously. But it's like, why are they doing this to me? Is it, I just had a call with someone, oh gosh, I shouldn't say these things, but it, it triggered me because she kept saying, um, let's talk about this you know, why did they do this to you? Why did they do this to you? Because she wants to talk about why they did this, whatever, fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. why blank they did blank this to me. So it's the victim mentality at the end of the day, but it's really, okay, I'm happy to talk about that as long as it's serving your self-awareness about what you need to do to change who you are so you can move on from that because everything that happens to us in our world out here is a mirror of who we are 
That's mm-hmm. my absolute foundational belief. And until and unless we're able to own the responsibility for that possibility, we're kind of screwed because our attention is not where our fulcrum of power is. When you can look and say and perceive that everything that's happening is me, then you can also say, I can change it. I can choose. I can go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. I can learn something new. I can jump off that cliff. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The, I talked about this recently on, on one of my podcasts on a, on a, on a solo one, because I'm fascinated by this idea of, um, you know, we've, we've got the reticular activating system in our, in our brain. Yeah. That is there to create a shortcut for us to recognize, to, to cut out the, the extraneous things that we don't need to focus on so that we can stay safe. Right. Yeah. And so it, always is going to pay attention to what you tell it is important and so if you keep feeding the same story to it it's going to keep confirming back to you and then you get that confirmation bias going and there was this term that I was introduced to probably in my 20s that I could never wrap my head around which is what you resist persists and I was like what what does that how does that work? What do you re- if you're going to resist it, that means you're pushing it away. Like, why is it going to, that's the whole thing because you keep telling your brain, this thing is important that your story of, of being a victim, let's say you keep repeating it and your brain keeps confirming it and finding evidence for your victim, you know, victimization. And whereas if you can, try to redirect your thoughts to where you want to go instead and start telling your brain that's what's important it's not where i've been or what's been done to me but where i want to go from here that's what's important start looking for that and then your brain i mean it 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 requires you know (laughs) a lot of intentionality and focus to get yourself out of old patterns and habits that are entrenched like little like little rivers in our in our brains right that are patterns that keep you going back to the same stories does that make sense so i completely understand what you're saying yes and it this is why you know i mean this is not a new thing the reason we keep revisiting it is because it's it's not easy because it still remains a problem. Like if we had, if we'd been able to overcome it, we just flip on the light, like, like everything else, we wouldn't be talking about the process of electricity and how it comes you know? So that's why we're still like atomic habits is such a bestseller or whatever. What we're doing is we're saying, this is the vision. This is my goal. And this is who I need to be in order to naturally be that person, right? So we're be- we're literally becoming a new version of who we are with new habits. And it's like putting on a new coat of, of clothes or a new dress or something. You, you put on this new outfit and it feels awkward at first, right? Right, yes. So- and one little habit change can flip everything. It can start an avalanche of other things. But if you can just if you can just pick one thing to focus on at a time and try to embrace it and see where it goes, try it on. Like you said, like a like clothing that might be a little like, I'm not sure this is me. Hmm. And then the next day maybe eh, maybe maybe this works for me you know, and it gets more and more comfortable. And then you start to see yourself in a whole new light. Exactly. And then that's, it happens so gradually that you don't even notice. Right. And then the people around you until the people around you start noticing and giving you feedback. So yeah, I was, when you were talking, I was remembering when my kids were little and I, I homeschooled them and 
I used two different curriculums that I combined and kind of created my own. And so the way I taught my kids was in 20 minute increments. And it was because you're constantly impacting the physiology, the body, the chemistry, you know, all of it. And it would be 20 minutes of focus concentration and then outside to play for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that style of learning, I apply that to entrepreneurial endeavors. I try, I mean, I fail a lot because I get really into it, but whenever I start feeling uh, you know, crazy, <laughs> like I can't do, we were talking about admin work. I just can't do this or whatever. I, I have like a tra- a little trampoline I bounce on, or I go outside and that's why exercise is a huge part of my day, at least once a day, if not several times, because you just feel better and it's more fun. Yeah. You know, dancing is a real Sometimes thing. you need a dance break, right? Yeah. Like you actually yes. really need it. Right. It's it's legit. Like we don't have to look for permission for these things anymore. To your point, it's all science, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I think we maybe got off topic there, but. Um, well, I mean, I think it's all grist for the mill, really. I mean, I've been. And so this is the question that's popping into my head right now as we talk, but what have you learned about yourself since you since you shifted gears and what you were doing and started heading down this new path is there anything that you've learned about yourself or anything you wish you'd done differently or anything you feel like you i'm throwing too many questions at you i'll let you answer yeah i mean it's a it's no different than honestly i feel like i've been learning the same lesson since i was seven And that is, and this is the thing, this is the thing that frustrates me about women because you had asked that question before. The thing that triggers me because it triggers me about myself and it frustrates me about myself because like I said, the world is a mirror and it's the same lesson, which is if you want something, give it to yourself, period. If you want to be confident in anything, allow yourself to be that. Go be that. So, so how do you do that? So we, funny enough, in Clubhouse yet again, we were talking about confidence today. And okay. one of the things that I learned in the past four years about, uh, for me, about confidence um, it came from Mel Robbins, like a lot of the stuff that I, that I, that was such a, a mind shift for me, a seismic shift. And, and she talked about, you know, you look at somebody and you think, oh, they just have confidence. They're just a confident person. But what she contended and what I have tried on and said, okay, I'll try that on and see what that does for me is mm-hmm. the confidence actually comes from the doing it comes from stepping into that unfamiliar territory and 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 it's very uncomfortable at first and then it goes back to beginner mind right you you allow yourself to be a beginner until you aren't a beginner anymore and 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 then you've got this confidence around the thing that you put yourself into it's like this it's almost like you need courage to step into doing something that scares you so that you can build the confidence. Like you, you can't be confident first. How how do you build confidence? Like where does, if you wanted to give yourself confidence, what would you do? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I learned a long time ago. I, um, I, when I, if I have a sensation of fear, I reframe that as curiosity. To me, it isn't like, I don't understand fear. I understand the sensation of fear to be move forward. To mm-hmm. me, it's a, it, it's a sign of come this way because, um, that might sound weird, but it's true. Like I just immediately reframe what's happening. 
it's like when the pandemic hit and a lot of my clients got scared and I was like, where's the opportunity? It's mm-hmm. like training yourself to look for advantage in any situation. That's what resiliency is because everything is an opportunity. We're just blind. Like being afraid and contracting, all you're doing is delaying the end result of amazing something that's going to happen. So why not just move into it? It's going to hurt anyway, right? I mean, the things that have brought me to my, like when I was in severely traumatized or whatever, that the, the, some of the big things that really hurt in my life, I would do things that would challenge me physically because I knew that my brain was messed up and not seeing the world as it, as it potentially could be. I knew I was seen through a glass darkly. I mean, that was obvious. Like the world isn't really that miserable of a place, right? I just want to die. So there's some, there's a disconnect here and I can't get off the floor. I literally, I mean, I went through a very, very difficult time. And so I would shock my body into a different physiology because sometimes you got to do that to change your state. And I, I had just learned many years ago that everything good I ever experienced I mean, you hear, this is another cliche is on the other side of fear. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to make friends with someone on the playground and I was eight, I had to walk over there and say, hi, my name is Michelle. Do you want to be my friend? Right. Right. If I, um, and I think too, this is a thing like the entrepreneurial mind that we were talking about. I think this is probably one of my biggest faults is that I plow through fear. It doesn't bother me. If, it, if I'm afraid of it, I want to do it. If I feel a hesitancy, to me, that means go. that's where the surfing thing came because I felt a hesitancy and I was like, okay, that means I need to do that. Right. So, so I want to back up for just a quick second because that we didn't, we talked about that before we started um, recording that you just started do you, do you do you say how old you are? I'm always like I'm 53. I just shout it out there. No, but, but you're I don't, older. I, I don't feed my brain that anymore. I'm Perfect. 35. <laughs> Got it. But, so, but you just started. You just learned how to surf, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's not a big deal. But I was just in Costa. It is and- though for a lot of people, Michelle. That so so I'm just so- gonna say for me, learning to surf at at my age would be a big deal. I mean, I just learned how to paddleboard in the last five years, I would say. And that was kind of a big deal, you know, but surfing's next level. Well, no, it's the same exact thing, Yvonne. It really is because here's what happens. I was in Costa Rica. It was in a long time. It was in October. And, um, you know, I was just drinking margaritas and like laying on the beach or whatever. That was, you know, how like, Perfect. But I was with my son who um, had just turned 17. And he's like, I want to take a surf lesson. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, take my card, go across the street, find somebody, hire him. And so he did. And this guy comes over and, and he, he looked at me, he's like, don't you want to take a lesson? And the, my initial response was, what? I'm not going to go surfing. Are you crazy? And the second I had that thought, I've just trained my brain truly to say hesitancy means take action, find Mm. out if it was a mistake later. Now, this might sound totally insane to people, but I, I, I would rather fail fast and learn quickly if I made a mistake or not. You know, so mm-hmm. surfing, I was like, I said, and I turned around and I said, I felt the, the hesitancy. And then I said, of course, I won't take a lesson. Could you go get another board? You know, and then I loved it. Like it is so hard because it's physically challenging. And I have found that challenging my physiology I mean, this is classic cliche too, but challenging your physiology is what allows you to do everything else. Because when you, when you, when you finally fight that darn wave, you know, and, 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 and you don't make it, it doesn't work, couldn't get up. I'm exhausted. Oh my God, it looks so easy. You know, this is so hard. And 
how are they doing that? And that damn thing, you know, then I did it the next day and the next day and the next day. And then finally I stood up and then I was like, I'm moving here and I'm going to do this every day, you know, because you gain confidence by fighting the wave. You gain confidence by getting bruises to your point all over your legs because the thing keeps hitting you. You gain confidence because uh, you do it. How else are you going to learn anything? You are gaining confidence in your podcast because you did it. If you didn't do it, there's no opportunity to gain confidence. I mean, we already know this because we've had children. We tell our kids this, go on, go out and do the ballet class. Go kick the ball, go kick the ball, you know, come walk across the floor to me. So we just have to parent ourselves. And I think you mentioned this the other day. It's just, we just say, you feel scared. That means it's possible that you could be confident. You, you just, just said to- something. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you, you just no, said no, something just that hit me off. so well, which is we need to parent ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's really what it comes down to at this yeah. point in life. We need to parent ourselves. We need to be that because we, as as a parent, I'm always advocating for my kids. They may not like it. They may not like what I have to say, yeah. but I'm always on their side. And I, t- yes. I have to remind them of that sometimes. I have to tell them, listen, I am, I'm team, you know, team Brendan, team Spencer. I'm, he- I'm here rooting for you. And what I'm telling you is because I want you to have everything that you want. Yes. And we need to do that yes. for ourselves. Yes. Wow. Exactly. And this is what I was saying triggers me that frustrates me with women because it, because with myself too, because we're human and it's a constant, like you said, it's a constant progressive growth, right? A little bit at a time. So, but what it is, is just give it to yourself. And when I say that, I just mean, um, you're never, I mean, I waited my whole life. I, my, so my biggest thing was, from the time I was really little, you have so much potential, right? You, that's what I was told in everything I wanted to do. You have so much potential. But to me, I took that because I had all kinds of weird shit at my home and you know all my dysfunctional family stuff was there's something wrong with me or I would have I would already like be the thing right? Mm-hmm. Like you were saying about Mel Robbins interpretation of this. Mm-hmm. So um, where was I going with this? So the potential, oh, because I was told that in everything, everything I did, acting, dancing, writing, academics, you know, everything. Oh, you have so much potential. I interpreted that as I, I'm never going to, it's okay for me to be that, but it's not okay for me to be the one that is like the top winner. Like every, when I look back over my life, I was always second at everything. I was the second choice for the girlfriend. I was the second, you know, runner up. I was the, um, whatever you call those things, like in performing, you know, the, like. Oh, understudy. Yeah. The understudy. Uh I was the, my best friend was always like the it girl who was with the football player whatever. And I was always secretly like in shame because I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And when you have that framework, the entire world mirrors that back to you. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? So, um, when I finally understood, and I spent 35 years trying to figure it out what was wrong with me. And this comes back to the entrepreneurial thing too. Um, you You can spend your lifetime waiting for someone to tell you nothing. But if your foundational thought belief is something is wrong with me, you're just gonna keep getting that mirrored back to you from the world. And people will even, you'll even pay people to tell you what's wrong with you. Right. And no matter (laughs) what they say, they may not be saying that there's anything wrong with you, but that's what you're hearing. 
right? Exactly. Right. Well, that's. Can I not, ask you? Yeah. I have. Yeah. I have one more thing, and and I, our time's getting yeah. short. But God, I could talk yeah, all day yeah. about this stuff. I'm, I, I, I could go on and on, Michelle. Um, what I want to know is when you say it that this is what bothers you about women. Why is it that it bothers you about women in particular and not about men? Do you see a difference? Mm -hmm. And what is that difference? Men take what they want. This is a blanket generic statement. Okay. Not all men take what they want. That's not means it doesn't mean they're like a perpetrator. I'm not going down that road or it's at all. It's really that if a man has an idea that something's going to work or he wants something, look in sales, it happens all the time. They will show up and they will take it. Women will ask for permission mm-hmm. and they'll ask you if maybe you wanna go first. Cause I don't really need it that badly. Like I'll be okay, so why don't I give to you first? We have that messed up because giving is everything but you can't give if you're not already full of your own value. You have to literally appreciate yourself, raise up your own value and give yourself that value intrinsically. Like understand that I am like, I already gave it to myself. I don't need you to tell me that what I have to give is valuable that's not where I'm looking. And I don't need that man to tell me, oh, you're pretty or you're, you're successful. Or I don't, I'm not looking for that because I already know my own value. Like I already, even when I'm failing, like to go surfing or whatever, that's just one, like, if I don't feel good, I, I did this the other day. I went to the gym and went rock climbing because my son was going and I was like, oh, that's going to make me feel scared because I just climb up that wall. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I climbed up the wall. And then you give yourself confidence. You give yourself a new energy and you just feel better. And then you act better. I remember the first time you're just totally clued me into the first time I ever went, um, repelling and it was, it was very it was random. It was random. I I ended up doing this, uh, long story, but ended up in the, and, and went with people who knew how to repel and knew how to keep us safe and tie everything up and do the belay. And they, you know, they got me into a harness and, uh, had given me instructions. And there I stood on the edge of this, um, I, I don't know. It felt like an 80 foot drop, you know? And there comes a point and I knew everything was hooked up and I knew somebody was on the other end of the rope to pull on it, to belay the rope so that I, if I, I wouldn't fall. All the harnessing was all set up. I knew that there were safety systems in place, right? And yet, as, as I was coming back, you're back, you back, you back up to the edge of this cliff, right? And you're holding onto the rope. And you have to let yourself tilt back. I'm doing it and I'm pulling myself back from the mic. But you have to let yourself tilt back, 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 back until until gravity takes you perpendicular to the to the rock that's going down. And the, there's a tipping point. And once you're past the tipping point, you're fully committed. Because either, either you're going to scramble forward and fall on your knees and get get your shins really messed up you you literally have to give in to going backwards until you are going backwards down a cliff to to the ground and i stood there for that first moment in time i don't know for how long it felt like forever until i finally gave in and 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 let myself go all the way and after i did it that first time and got to the bottom, I was like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Couldn't scramble up and around and climb back up to the other side of that rock again fast enough to get back in line and do it again. 
you know? I, I love that story, Yvonne. And I, I've done that. And I totally, I, I'm feeling when you're telling the story, I'm feeling that tipping point. And that's such a perfect metaphor for everything, right? Because you really do what you were, you just, you have to keep reminding yourself. This is why to do these things is important. Keep reminding yourself that the fun the playground, the possibility is on the other side of what you think is impossible or what is scary. That's why reinterpreting fear as possibility just makes sense. It just makes sense. I mean, I everything, that. every single thing, if you think about it, it's our brains are just a little confused. So we have to parent that tendency, right? Be a parent to that tendency to to think that fear means you should crawl in bed and stay safe like pff, what a life you know and that too i think this is the last thing i'll say about the, about anything really but that men and this is why i think i i liked being with with uh men better because men assume you're in it to win in anything to win. Like I used to like to play football in the yard with the boys or baseball or climb trees or whatever, because they, I was free with them. They never expected me to be nice or let someone else win. They would push me. Like they would make fun. You know how guys that boys are. They're like, eh, like they would make fun of me. Like, bitch can't do this. And then I'd be like, that I can. That felt more fun and more possibility driven than when I'm with the girls. And it's just so damn complicated because, you know, you have to take care because we're designed to take everyone with us. I mean, this is what I do now. I, we all go together. Which is a strength too, right? Yes. If, if you can turn it into a strength, I think I get what you're saying is to, to do it from a place of I'm going, come with me. Yeah. But either way Absolutely. I'm going, but but I want you with me. Let's go, ladies. You know, exactly. And leave all that stuff behind. Yeah. Because when you're moving fast and you're moving forward, I mean, I, I'm the first person to love like pedicures, manicures, heels. I'm totally into that. Cause I didn't get into that until in later life. But what I'm saying is like, there's no room for, for heels. There's no room for bullshit. There's no room for pretense. You just take the essential you and you just take on the, the world. Like guys do that. They know we're in it to, we're going to hit the top of the mountain. You know, girls are like having tea parties along the way, which is fine, but it's out of balance. So I don't yeah. want to insult anyone. I love tea parties. Like I taught my kids, I taught my kids tea etiquette. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing any of it. You know I what think, I mean? you know, I think it's like, you know, you hate, I hate the idea of win at any cost. And, but I, but I want everybody to win. You know, and I do think that that's, you know, call me a, a overly optimistic or Pollyanna or something, um, but I think we can all win if if we bring each other along. You know, and I and I think, you know, absolutely. Not only that, and you must be optimistic. And Pollyanna is has a bad rap. Absolutely, we need to to play the glad game. <laughs> Do you remember the glad game? Pollyanna played the glad game. I love that game because it really is looking at the possibility, looking at the, the, what is possible and that, and absolutely we have a responsibility and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think we have a responsibility to assist each other to win, but we don't win by, by feeding the fear. We don't win by feeding the limitation. We don't win by feeding, like, let's talk about the trauma again. You know, I'm not discounting trauma. I get somatic healing. I am certified in all that stuff. I understand it, but, but there's a, you have to continually build those neural pathways. Like you said, a little bit at a time towards your vision. And, and we can't enable each other. 
And I think that's what's frustrating because misery loves company. We can tend to to go down. It, we're just, I don't know why we do that a lot. It, it's just a thing. So we got to stop that and just move forward. Like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to the bullshit because I see what's possible for you. And the possibility for you is, is the, you know, that's what you're here for. Yeah. It's the stepping into the fear. That's that, that's actually is the possibility because going back to, I think what we were first talking about, it's not about what you're able to accomplish. It's about who you become and who you become in the journey is all about getting on the other side of that fear. So if you keep continually pushing yourself to step through fear, to, to, get, a, to get to the other side of it and see what's on the other side with curiosity. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what heals your trauma. Yeah. And gives you confidence. And what, what sets us free is simply that. Like we're always being invited to step through that door. We're constantly being, being invited to, to be the person that we're here to be. And being complacent doesn't serve anyone. I think that's a beautiful place to end it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Yvonne. This has oh, been lovely. So lovely. So Michelle, before we go, what are you excited about that's coming up? Is there anything that's coming up for you? I've been running these workshops, as I told you, Revision Your Life, and I'm selling out, like adding play every single week. And that's exciting to me because it means I'll be able to impact. It means I'm giving people what they need and putting them in a place where they can take more action and walk through bigger doors. So that's really exciting. And I've got this book that has been, um, I've, I'm, it's, it's a kind of a cool thing. We'll see. I mean, I like, like in the fashion I just described, I'm throwing this out to see how it goes, but it's a really cool subscription model. So it's not just like, oh, here's another book, like the story of my life, but it's all in delivered in letters and diary entries that are physically snail mailed to the individual with little boxes. And I mean, it's like this narrative, but there's also a lot of business strategy and, and it's, it's basically for the entrepreneurial woman. Like it doesn't mean that you have to start a business, <laughs> but it's really just like my journey with a, a kind of a narrative. And it's all this Western theme that came out of these other trainings I used to do. And it's, it's just such a creative project for me that I'm excited about it. Yeah. It it's a lot of work. Really exciting. Yeah. It's like everything. It's like, it's just the, the actual ideation to execution is like delivering a baby, you know, it's a yeah. little, like you get really fat first. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of how I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, uh, now I have to get it all out yeah. into the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and where can people find you? They can find me on your podcast today. <laughs> and I am Michelle Oliver. That's my Instagram handle. That's my website. That's my Twitter. That's my Facebook. And on LinkedIn, it's just like Michelle Oliver, I think. Awesome. Well, I'll put everything in show notes for people so that if anybody wants to connect with you, they can come and find you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Oh, it was really fun. And I love the opportunity to just get to know you better. And having these conversations is always enlightening. I always learn something about the other person, lovely you. And I obviously learn more about myself too. So thank you for that opportunity. Thank you. It was my pleasure. There you have it. I'm going to quote Michelle because I think this is so important. She said, if you want something, give it to yourself, period. Yeah, 
Growth requires that we embrace a beginner mindset, try new things, and get comfortable with failure and fail fast. That's all the good stuff I got out of that conversation with her. Hey, listen, if you want to know more about Michelle, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 95. And hey, remember to mark it on your calendar to spend some time with us May 11th to May 13th in the Midlife Uprising Summit. In a few short days, I'll be opening registration for the event and you'll find the information at midlifeuprising.com. Do it for yourself. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.